Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Vitaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Hey, welcome back into the Sports Bar. It's Danger and Bataglia now less than two weeks away from the start of Buffalo Bills training camp at St. John Fisher University. So we welcome in the best and the brightest that are covering and talking about the Buffalo Bills, including the host of the Locked On Bills podcast, Joe Marino, here in the Sports Bar. I know you're fired up for training camp just like we are, Joe. I'll tell you what, I really am. It's going to be nice to get my eyes on some new football, right? I've been spending the summer studying the old stuff. Ready for some new stuff, and it's here very, very soon. Yeah, seriously, and uh, kind of one of the not not really deep in stories here in the NFL, but one story from this week: uh, the Jets uh, re-upping here, Quinn and Williams, and it kind of brings into focus. All right, the Bills have some questions on the interior of their offensive line, and I know fans like to talk about the wide receiver and talk about middle linebacker, but in your opinion, just how important are those left guard, right guard battles going to be for the Buffalo Bills offense this season? Yeah, I think it's absolutely huge. And if there's a black eye on Brandon Bean's resume of being an outstanding general manager for the Buffalo Bills, I'd point to the guard position where the Bills haven't had the same primary starting left guard or right guard in consecutive seasons since 2016 and 2017, where you had Richie Incognito and John Miller. Every year since, it's been a revolving door of options. And it gets pretty concerning when you consider how many misses there's been along the way uh, whether that's been Brian Winters or the one-year disaster that was Roger Saffold, trading away Wyatt Teller, which turned out to be a mistake. You committed to Quentin Spain, and then that fell apart very, very quickly. The Bills have just had no consistency at either guard position, and you'd like to think between handing out a three-year, $22-plus-million-a-year contract to Connor McGovern to play left guard, which was the biggest contract you handed out to a free agent this past offseason, in addition to... Osiris Torrance is a second-round pick, plus Ryan Bates, who's been around, plus David Edwards, who's an experienced starter with Aaron Cromer from their time together with the Rams. You feel like they've got the right mix and a good amount of options here to get this solidified, but it has absolutely been a problem for the Buffalo Bills really since Bean and McDermott took over. 
Joe, Torrance is the one that has my attention. The second-round pick that could have been a first-round pick. I know you watch these players and these prospects very, very closely through the draft process. So what did the Bills get with Torrance when you look at his numbers and the idea that he doesn't give up sacks when he's in pass protection? Is is this a guy that, if he shows up in camp, should be your week one starter? It's a really interesting question. I like Osiris Torrance. Um, big dude, right? 340-plus pounds, 6'5" really physical guy that can create displacement in the run game and he is just a firm dude in pass protection just because guys guys aren't going through him right you got to really get to his edges and win with speed against osiris torrance um here's my concern is i don't know that he's a week one starter it doesn't feel like there's a lot of momentum for that right now when you listen to those who have been at ota practices it seems like it's kind of ryan bates it's his job to lose you can you know the bills love to kind of stick with the devil they know right they love familiarity and um, I, I don't know if this is going to be a week one situation for Torrance. Now, obviously, once the pads come on in training camp and we get some preseason games, you know, that could all change. But right now it feels like there's no momentum at all for Tor- Torrance to be a week one starter. Now, uh, surely there is a plan for him to be a starter, right? He's a second-round pick. You don't pick guys in the second round if you, unless you don't feel like there's a reasonable path for them to start for your football team. And so I think it's a matter of, of when and not if for Torrance. But I, I – I get concerned about this widespread belief that the Bills have this impact day one starter, um, and that's a lot of the expectation that I feel like I'm gaining from talking to Bills fans, and I don't think that's going to be the reality. I think it could take a few weeks and maybe even a year for him to step into the lineup. Well, Joe, in my opinion, at least there's you know some good news. There's some options here, right, at the guard yes. position. At the tackle position, now, Spencer Brown is not in danger of losing his job, but I'm just wondering have we scratched the surface with Spencer Brown or really is that the best we've seen here uh, these two years? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, room for Spencer Brown to be a much better football player than he showed so far with the Buffalo Bills. And I think his journey has been a good one for him, but also challenging in terms of getting ready to play offensive tackle in the NFL where you go back to high school, he plays tight end for an eight-man football team. He goes to Northern Iowa, plays two seasons of right tackle, and doesn't play his last season because of the COVID and you know the FCS level of the season was canceled. Then he goes to the NFL after not playing for a season, and by week four, he's the Bills' starting right tackle for a very uh, good NFL offense. And I think you saw some ups and downs, and everybody said that's okay, right? Third-round rookie, small school. You cling to the ups. You're concerned about the downs. But, um, you know, you feel like he's physically very, very – appealing in terms of size and athleticism. I'll, I'll tell you, this is going to sign, sound hyperbolic, but it's not. Spencer Brown's the best athlete on the team, and he's one of the best athletes in the NFL. He's got a perfect relative athletic score, very rare size you know, size and athleticism specimen, um, and he's raw. And then he goes into year two. You're, you're hoping for growth year one to year two, and he doesn't have an offseason at all. And he spends the entire offseason working back from – a back injury so much so that the start of the season was in jeopardy. He had no preseason, no training camp, just a couple of practices before he's starting week one to open the NFL season against the Rams in L.A. And so it was a bumpy season for him. But you kind of look at the context and you say, yeah, it would be tough for anybody to step in and play good football under those circumstances. And I thought he did play better down the stretch. And it's a critical year for Spencer Brown. Him realizing his ceiling this year would be huge for this football team in general, not just the offense. It's one of the key factors that uh, could swing things for Buffalo. But he's got to play better. He's been inconsistent. There's reasons for it. He's supremely gifted, and it really needs to come together 
in his third season and in his second season with O-line coach Aaron Cromer. We're catching up with Locked On Bills podcast host Joe Marino in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia. Joe, we've lost Tremaine Edmonds, and I think there's a big question as to who could possibly replace Tremaine Edmonds. Terrell Bernard, drafted last year in the third round. You have Terrell Dotson, who's still hanging around, and Dorian Williams, who they invested in this year in the draft. How do you see this linebacker position playing out here during camp, Joe? Fascinating to find out. Um, you got, like you mentioned, the two recent third-round picks in Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams. And then you have Tyrell Dotson. And I don't know that people want to acknowledge Tyrell Dotson, but he's been around for a while. He's been with the Bills since 2019. And that's a lot of time on task with McDermott, with the guys. And like I talked about earlier, you just kind of feel like the Bills are a team that's going to lean into familiarity. And so for as intriguing as it would be to play one of these young players, I really do feel like we have to be mindful of Tyrell Dotson having a real shot at winning this job. Now, where I think you lose something with Tyrell Dotson is you don't get the athleticism and the coverage range that you would get in either Tyrell Bernard and Dorian Williams. But in Tyrell Dotson, you have a player that can play downhill better into the line of scrimmage. And certainly a big part of that middle linebacker role is the communication and having the green dot on your helmet and calling the plays and making sure that the entire unit is on the same page. And, and that's a big ask for a year one or year two player in, in Williams or Bernard. And so you could see Dotson as a guy who's been around and been exposed to that stuff for longer, really having a chance at this. I'd love to see with them, them go with the young player and go with the upside and you know get some more athleticism on the field. But I, I am not quick to dismiss Tyrell Dotson in this race. Joe, uh, one pl- young player I'm keeping an eye on here, and I think when you look at the wide receiving core, you know what Diggs is, certainly. Gabe Davis, we know what he is, and he's in a contract year, and that's that's great. He's going to have to be on his best. What do the Bills have in Khalil Shakir? Where is his ceiling? Is he somebody that could step in and say if Davis ends up leaving, could be a number two? Or is he more bottom of the end here in terms of the core here? Just curious to get your thoughts on what you saw year one from Khalil Shakir. I'm a big Khalil Shakir fan, and that goes back to my time watching him at Boise State. I had a day two grade on him, thought he was an absolute steal for the Bills in the fifth round, and you know, one thing that I do when I grade prospects is I, I grade them the same way every single year on a numerical scale, and I consider different traits. And so year over year, I compare prospects to, you know, uh, different classes. And I can tell you that Khalil Shakir, if he would have been in this past wide receiver class, he would have been my seventh-ranked wide receiver. I think very highly of him. And I thought last year, obviously, the volume wasn't there, just 10 catches, but he was on the field for 30% of the snaps, which I think is a healthy amount of volume for him to be out there. And I know he only caught 10 passes, and a lot of that only came in a couple of games. Certainly the Pittsburgh game stands out. Uh, but go to the playoffs. He had five catches for 91 yards, uh, you know, over 40 yards receiving in both games, and the Bills didn't have that much offensive output in either game against the Dolphins or Bengals. And Shakir was one of, one of the, I guess, go-to options late in the season for Josh Allen. And so um, I'm intrigued. I think as a draft pick, that'll help him when you're considering getting snaps over the likes of Trent Sherfield or Deontay Hardy, both new additions this year. I think the biggest obstacle in Khalil Shakir's way to getting on the field is probably Dalton Kincaid and the first-round investment that the Bills have in him and certainly the high hopes that everyone has for Dalton Kincaid to really be an impact tight end for the Bills and kind of serving as that big slot. But I think Khalil Shakir has a real shot at being the third wide receiver. And like you mentioned, if things don't work out with bringing back Gabe Davis, I mean, you know, is he being groomed to kind of be that? number two receiver, not necessarily number two 
option in the passing game because I think you look at some other guys, especially Kincaid, to kind of be that moving forward. But I think there's a path for Shakir, and, and I think that he's got that Bills DNA, a process guy. Uh, I think he's I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. He's a very versatile guy that can play inside and outside, run routes. He's athletic. He's got good size, competitive. There's a lot to like in Khalil Shakir. Joe, uh, the world has changed a lot since January 2nd. It feels like it was just yesterday. DeMar Hamlin remains on our minds, and we love seeing him back on the field, but we want to be realistic about expectations. We know that Hyde and Poyer are going to be back. We hope that they're able to stay healthy, something that plagued them a little bit last season. Tell us about Hamlin, what you project for him this upcoming season, and also the addition of Taylor Rapp and how that might actually push Hamlin down the depth chart some. Yeah, I think it's a complicated situation at safety, and, and certainly we're all continuing to root for Dean Marlowe, or excuse me, not Dean, DeMar Hamlin, and, and just how great of a story that is, and the fact that he's alive and, and cleared, and he's wanting to play, and the team is supporting him, it's all phenomenal, and I mean, this guy is probably going to be the comeback player of the year for the NFL if he, you know, if he makes the team, but I do think it's pretty complicated. You mentioned, of course, Poyer and Hyde, that's where the conversation starts with Bill's safeties, but... Taylor Rapp's going to have a role for this football team, you know, in sub-packages and really get on the field and, and potentially succeed either Poyer or Hyde next year and kind of gaining a very important onboarding year to do that this year. And so there's three. You're probably only going to roster four, maybe five safeties. And now you get into this mix of DeMar Hamlin. You get into Cam Lewis, who is four-phase special teamer can play in the slot, can play outside that corner and safety, started games last year at the position. You still have Dean Marlowe. Jared Maiden's part of the mix. He was on the roster the last several games of the season last year. They signed another veteran in Zane Anderson who provides special teams. There's a lot of competition. And, you know, if the Bills are reluctant about DeMar and being able to get on the field and, you know, if you're going to get be one of those 53 that make the roster, you got to be able to dress and the team feel good about you playing and if that there's any delay or hesitation with anything the bills do have a lot of options um it could be a little bit more competitive than we want to acknowledge in terms of that depth at safety joe marino locked on bills podcast buffalo bills training camp begins uh for everybody to check out on july 26 so joe i I don't want to phrase the question who's going to get cut because honestly it's such a cruel business the nfl we're going to have talented players that are not going to be on the final roster so when you look at this roster and some veterans uh is there a veteran or two that has to step up big in your opinion some are looking at the defensive line say for instance uh with all the talent that is on there in the back end, maybe somebody's going to be left out. Yeah, I think there's a ton of competition all over this roster, and it's going to be tough for some of these vets in some of these spots. I mean, I, I do look at the defensive end situation, and, you know, between Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, Shane Ray, you know, I don't know that there's a spot for all three. There might only be a spot for one of them. I mean, a defensive tackle, the Bills keep typically four. Well, you have Oliver, you have Daquan Jones. You have Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Puna Ford. One of them's probably not going to make the team. Um, and so there's a lot of competition. You can go to offensive, really the old offensive line, where the numbers get really, really complicated. Um, I'll tell you what, I think this is the most competitive top-to-bottom roster that Brandon Bean has assembled. The position battles, not just for starting jobs, right? We're going to talk a lot about cornerback two, linebacker, right guard as competitive spots, but... You know, when you talk about those, those last few spots on the roster at every position, there are several candidates for them, and 
Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have a big job ahead of them to really evaluate what they have and try to keep the right 53. Yeah, last one for me, Joe, and uh, you're talking about cornerback two. Can we talk about cornerback one as well? Because last year, coming back from the ACL, that's such a tough injury, but that is a position where sometimes the, the skills do kind of diminish quickly as compared to other positions. What are your thoughts here on Tredavious White and the potential that he can get back to being the Trey White of old? I have a lot of optimism about that, and it stems from who I have learned about you know Trey White to be as a person and how he's attacked his rehab and different people that I've had a chance to speak to over the years about you know even last year when he was getting ready for the season and what he's done this off season to to get ready and I know that he's going to do everything that he can to give himself the best opportunity to go back out there and be Tredavious White as we remember him being and I think there was some encouragement last year with how the season moved along and you started to see him make a little bit more impact, be a little tighter in coverage, play with a little more confidence, and now he's much further removed from that injury. And, you know, we talk about the timetable to come back from an ACL tear as a 9- to 12-month process. That took 12 months for Trey White, but you can talk to anybody, and even Von Miller said this recently, he says you really don't feel yourself to closer to the two-year mark. And, and, you know, obviously we're getting closer and closer to that for Trey White, and I'm very optimistic that – he has a chance to come back into this lineup and look like the all-pro caliber cornerback that we all remember from you know every season prior to the last two. Joe, the Locked On Bills podcast required listening for any Bills fan. We know you do a great job on the pod. Uh, are you working on anything special here leading up to training camp? What, what's uh, what can we expect here in the next uh, couple of days? Well, we're we're finishing up some positional preview type stuff. I'm going to have. My offensive stat projections for the Bills coming up, that's always a popular episode every single year. But, hey, we're daily all year long. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts every day talking Bills football on Lockdown Bills. Football season is almost here. Joe, thanks for your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. There is Joe Marino from the Locked on Bills podcast joining us here in the sports bar. And in case you're watching the video stream, yes, we pre-recorded that conversation with Joe a few <laughs> moments before we jumped on the air at 3 o'clock. At some point, we'll uh, kind of figure out the Zoom thing here. So one step at a time on the video right, stream. Right. Baby yeah. steps yeah. for us. Come on. Baby steps for us. I mean, we're the guys that are, are doing a San Diego Padres rap uh, before a series with the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. Give us, give us a little bit of time to get our bearings straight. Uh, NFL appetizers next. Hey, look, it's down time in the NFL. Not a lot happening, but the NFL is is trying to turn the start of training camp into one of their annual 10-pole events. Uh, I don't know that's ever going to work. <laughs> well, and look, I'm not throwing this out here as clickbait, so to speak. Or is it clickbait? I don't know. You be the judge. But there is a lot of circumstantial evidence right now online. People are believing the Red Hamlets are coming. The, the, the red helmets. Are yeah, coming. we'll get into that here. Some some hot uniform talk on deck. Summertime. We need some hot uniform. <laughs> we need talk some hot now. uniform talk. All right, we'll get to appetizers next. With happy hour right around the corner as well here in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A U D A C Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.